Thank you, Tom. Um, I wonder if you're familiar with one of the uh, great musical rivalries, uh, a rivalry that was depicted a, a few years ago now uh, in the film Amadeus, a uh, rivalry between the two composers, uh, Mozart and Salieri. Uh, although in some ways uh, rivalry is perhaps not the, uh, the best uh, word to, de to describe it because in many ways it was very much a, a one-sided uh, rivalry. Uh, the young composer uh, Salieri who resented and uh, despised and hated the success uh, that Mozart had, uh, success that he, he desperately wanted uh, for himself. Uh, if you've seen, uh, you've seen the film before, uh, the opening scene captures, uh, captures that uh, feeling, that sentiment really well. Uh, Salieri is nearing the, the end of his life and uh, he's confessing to this priest uh, his lifetime of hatred towards uh, Mozart. And uh, what he does in that opening scene is he, he plays several of his tunes to the priest to see if the priest recognises uh, any of them. And uh, after each tune, uh, the priest uh, shakes his head. No, I don't know that one. No, haven't heard that before. No, not familiar with that either. So he says, I'll try, I'll try one last tune. Uh, and, and as he begins to play, uh, the priest's face uh, lights up. Uh, this smile begins to, to stretch across his face and he starts humming along and he says, oh yes, yeah, I know this one. Uh, is this yours? Uh, at which point uh, Salieri stops playing and the camera sort of zooms in on his face and it is this uh, dark, brooding look uh, that is stretched across his face. He says, no, that's Mozart. Friends, what you, what you have there in that that scene uh, is a picture of what we are, we're thinking about together this morning for a moment now, uh, and that is uh, envy. Um, four points to where we're, we're going this morning. Uh, one is a, a definition or a description of envy, uh, then an illustration of envy, the, the distorted loves which drive envy, and the antidote to envy. Uh, a definition, a description, an illustration, uh, what drives it and what heals it. That's where we're going this morning. So a, a definition of envy, and we'll come to uh, that passage in, in Genesis a moment where we'll, where we'll hopefully see this definition and this description uh, illustrated. But there's a wonderful quote uh, from Aristotle, in fact, that, that captures, I think, um, perfectly the Bible's teaching on envy. He says, Envy is pain at the sight of another's good fortune. So it's despising the success of others, but in particular success that you wish uh, you could have for yourself. So envy is the, is the flip side of pride in some ways. Both work uh, on comparing yourself with others, and if you compare yourself to someone else and you feel uh, superior, pride results. But if you compare yourself and you feel inferior, uh, then envy is the result. Envy despises success that, uh, that someone else has. Uh, but not just uh, any old person. Uh, we envy people in the areas where we value things the most, where we would desperately want uh, success for ourselves. Uh, so, for example, the late Christian author Jerry Bridges uh, once wrote of envying other Christian authors. Uh, this is what he wrote. He said, I'm never tempted to envy musicians or artists or highly successful business people. I may admire some of them, but I don't envy them. 
Their talents and expertise are completely different from mine, so I don't tend to compare myself. But then he goes on to write that the people who I do compare myself with and are who I do envy are other Christian authors uh, who seem to get more invites to uh, speak at conferences, uh, more book sales, more fame, uh, Bridges writes. And so to this end, um, envy reveals something of what our hearts really love. Uh, but we'll come back to that more in a moment. Um, so envy despises the success of others, success that we would desperately want for ourselves. But here is where it can get particularly ugly. See, envy not only despises the success that others have, um, but it also rejoices if harm then, then comes that person's way, if their, their success is impacted or they miss out on some sort of opportunity. As one writer says, envy is often content with not possessing the desired good, so long as the other person loses or is diminished in their enjoyment of that good. So, for example, the leader of a church down the road, that church has been growing rapidly and the pastor is caught out in some moral failure. What happens with envy is the first response is not so much concern for the people who might be members of that church, but a little bit of glee at their downfall. Or a, uh, a ministry peer uh, misses out on opportunity, uh, a speaking invitation, a new ministry role. And I'm not so much envious that I missed out on it also, but uh, that they didn't get it too. But then envy can go even um, further uh, than this. Not only rejoicing in the harm of others, but actively pursuing uh, their harm. Uh, a little bit of gossip, a, a slanderous word, uh, inviting someone to, to retell a story about another person that paints them in a neg negative light. And so with a, a few uh, simple words, slowly undermining and destroying the success or reputation uh, that someone who we envy might have. And the effect of this kind of envy is toxic. Um, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Uh, if you know anything of envy in your own heart, in your own life, you'll know exactly what Proverbs is talking about there. The way envy eats uh, you from the inside. <coughs> well, that's a, a, in some ways, I guess, a description of envy, but let's come to that passage in Genesis 4 where we see a number of those elements of that description illustrated for us in the account of Cain and Abel. Um, in, there in Genesis 4, we meet the sons, Adam and Eve's sons, uh, two brothers. Verse 2, uh, Abel keeps flocks, Cain works the ground. Verse 3, they both bring an offering to God based on their work. Cain brings fruit to the soil, Abel fat portions from the firstborn of his flock. And for reasons that, uh, now, um, for reasons that we don't necessarily have time to uh, explore right now, God, for whatever reason, looks with favour on Abel's offering, um, but not Cain's offering. Uh, there are a number of places throughout the rest of Scripture where we can explore uh, some of the reason behind that. Hebrews 11, uh, 1 John 3. But just for the moment, uh, let's just simply say that God in his wisdom here uh, grants favour to one and to not the other. And we'll come back to that in a moment too. And this favour that God grants to one and not the other, what, what happens is it fills Cain with envy. You see verse 5 there. Cain was very angry. His face was downcast. Envy rotting the bones. 
to use the language of Proverbs. They're on display for us. And what's the result of this envy? Well, envy leads him to harm the one whose success he envies. Harm of the greatest kind. Out of envy, he kills his brother. Envy uh, leads to the very first murder in the Bible. And it only takes a, a page in our Bibles after the fall for envy to rear its head. Interestingly also, envy not only leads to Abel's uh, death and murder in Scripture, but also Jesus. Now, envy is one of the very few heart motivations that are given for why Jesus is killed. Mark chapter 15, verse 10. It was because of envy that the chief priests handed Jesus over. Success of Jesus, crowds flocking to his teaching, and the, the teachers of the law, the chief priests, despise this success that they want for themselves and their ministry. And so, out of envy, Jesus is handed over to death. A, a, a description, uh, an illustration of it there that you see in Cain and Abel, but what's going on in our hearts that might be leading to and driving envy? Um, and I, I mentioned a moment ago that envy reveals something of what we really, truly love. Um, see, with our lips, we say that we treasure God. And we do. We treasure Him. But in our hearts, there are other loves. And envy reveals what those other competing loves are in our hearts. So, for example, if, it's our, if our work or our studies is, a, is another competing love that's going on in our heart, then our envy will be around the success of others in our field of work or in our studies. Uh, if it's reputation that's another competing love there in our heart, then envy will be around the positive reputation that others enjoy, that I want for, for myself. Uh, if it's family, then our envy will be around the way other families are honoured in ways that I want my family honoured. Uh, if it's wealth, it'll be around the wealth that other people enjoy that I want to enjoy for myself. That's how envy works. Uh, so let me encourage you to... Uh, consider these two diagnostic questions. What is it that you get envious about? And what might that reveal about those competing loves? What is it that you get envious about? And what does that reveal about those competing loves uh, in your heart? Uh, but there's another uh, disordered love that's, that's going on behind uh, envy as well, another issue of the heart, and that's the, the issue that we saw there in Cain and Abel. See, in God's wisdom, he grants favour to one and, and not to the other. And envy despises God's choice in doing that. See, envy resents the place that God ultimately has in bestowing his, his gifts, his blessings, opportunity, success, if you like, upon others. See, we sometimes uh, can form the trap of thinking that success or reputation or promotion comes through our own uh, effort and, and labour, and we are to strive and labour, and yet at the end of the day, we know that ultimately those kind of things that we might enjoy, wonderful opportunities, ministry, uh, success that might come our way, ultimately, these are gifts that come from the hand of God. 
It's a gift that he dispenses to you. And likewise, in the same way, the opportunities, the gifts, the, the ministry success that might come to others is also a gift that God has dispensed to that person. What it is, it's a, it's a picture of grace, isn't it? Uh, that God is the one who hands out talents, opportunities, success. And what Envy says is, I hate that. I hate that. Why did you give it to them and not to me? Uh, I despise the way you distribute your, your grace, your gifts, God. And when you put it like that, you can see the real deadliness and ugliness of envy, can't you? As another writer says, envy is dissatisfaction with our place in God's order of creation, manifested in begrudging his gifts to others. So what's the solution uh, to envy? What would heal this aspect of our, of our hearts? Well, two things, and both of them are connected. They, they flow in and out of one another. Uh, firstly, it is a heart that continues to love and, uh, and treasure Christ, God, uh, above all of those other, oftentimes good things, that we might love. See, if envy reveals the things that we are treasuring, uh, then the antidote is to confess the, the love or the treasuring of things that we might have in our life that are threatening to take God's place. Uh, we, we, we confess uh, those, those things to God and we pray that he might ever increasingly give us a heart that treasures him uh, above all other things. To join with the, the psalmist in Psalm 73. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So the first antidote to envy is that treasuring of Christ, loving of Christ, loving God, heart, soul, strength and mind above all, above all other things. And, and the second is connected the second antidote to envy is a heart that's filled with contented thankfulness for all of the extravagant grace that he has shown to us. The extraordinary grace, meditating upon that, all that he has given us. I mean, there are countless places that you can go uh, in scripture to be reminded of that, to meditate upon that. But isn't Ephesians 1 just a wonderful passage that, uh, that does that? Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he's freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he has lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment. So that other parent has a reputation that you long for for yourself. For before the beginning of time, God chose to make you his child. 
So as a college peer who's enjoying success that, that you wish for for yourself, in Christ you enjoy freedom from guilt and from shame. Uh, so you, uh, you envy the, the wealth and the prosperity of others. In Christ, God has lavished you with the riches of God's grace. See, the antidote to envy is, is meditating afresh on all that we do have uh, in Christ and also further thankfulness for all of the other blessings that we enjoy beyond what's just listed there in that passage in Ephesians 1. You know, sometimes we are so busy envying the success that others have that we desperately want for ourselves that we fail to stop and recognise the ways our hands are so full already with so many blessings to us. That has certainly been my experience. So busy looking at success that others are enjoying that I desperately want for myself and failing to see all of the grace that has been shown to me in so many countless ways every day by Christ. Friends, envy rots the bones. And in ministry, we are not immune. Uh, Indeed, I wonder if sometimes it can even rear its head more frequently. Uh, I know because it rears its head in my life far more than I would like and far more than you perhaps want to know. And I actually don't doubt that envy is a weapon that Satan frequently loves to use to undermine and destroy our ministry as well. So let us be on our guard for it. Let us treasure Christ, love his grace, celebrate his work wherever we see it, uh, whether it's in our church uh, or the church that's just down the road. Amen. Friends, we've heard what God just said. Now we will hear together what God has been doing.